Your Excellencies, Your Royal Highness, distinguished guests and friends, my name is Paige Peterson. The National Council of U.S. Arab Relations is privileged to welcome back to its annual Policymakers Conference Mr. Halef Al-Habtour. Mr. Al-Habtour is a longtime friend of the National Council and is known throughout the world as a prominent businessman, writer, and philanthropist. I have read his book. It's an excellent read. I recommend it. We are lucky to be able to hear from him today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Khalif Al-Habtour. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Your Royal Highness, ladies and gentlemen, the National Council and U.S.R.A. relationship, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. First of all, I would like to say my condolence to the American people on the loss of the victim and the attack on Pennsylvania, on Senegal. May God bless their soul. It is a pleasure to be in Washington, D.C. again. Among you, I appreciate the opportunity to exchange ideas again, fresh views, and the great, in a great city. This is the place where decisions are made impacting not only the United States of America, but also the entire world. We live in a time of a great political and economic insecurity. The future can no longer be predicted. Fundamental principles and values that we have known since the end of World War II are being overturned. Old alliances are being weakened. Frankly, I am concerned and worried. America first is strong slogan that inspire loyalty. Every nation has to put their interest of its people first. That's normal. However, let us not forget that no country is an island by itself. We share one planet. We are all responsible for finding a solution to common threat. We need to be partner in the decision making. We must mend broken countries in the Middle East and Africa so that refugees can go home and find safety and opportunity. Doing so will end the fears of people in host countries, among them Americans, who feel overwhelmed by foreign immigrants. Working together, we can create a better word for all, trying to address important issues. Sadly, that is not happening. It is very, it is every country for itself. I traveled from my country, the United Arab Emirates. I call it the jewel of the world. <laughs> On my way to Washington DC, almost 15 days. Of course, not in a camel, but I was passing a few countries, you know. <laughs> uh, 
almost 15 days ago when the news was completely consumed by the disappearance of Saudi national Jamal Khashoggi. I was shocked that even while the Saudi citizen disappearance was still under investigation, the international media analysts and Washington lawmakers acted as prosecutor, judges, and juries. Fingers were being pointed at the custodian of the two holy mosques, King Salman and his crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. The CEOs of major international companies pulled out of Saudi Arabia investment conference based on purely on unproven allegation. It was a big mistake. They were the loser, 100%. Davos in the desert was the well-attended. Those who turned their back to Saudi gifted their opportunity to Russia, China, and Europe, and elsewhere. The truth about Khashoggi's murder is out. The criminal will be tried and will receive a fitting punishment. I am astonished that American lawmakers and media still call upon the United States to impose sanctions against Saudi Arabia, willing to damage a trusted seven-decade-long relation. This is madness. Let me remind you that Saudi Arabia is a leader on the interreligious dialogue for peace. In partnership with my country, United Arab Emirates, the kingdom has been leading state on the use of soft power and security. We have been setting up an institution that raises awareness about extremist ideologies and starting dialogues between different societies. While governments around the world search for a global strategy to uproot the ideology of violent extremists in Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, we have been doing just that for many years. Sadly, certain countries provide this. Those criminals with refugees. I urge U.S. leaders to respect the kingdom's authority. The law must take its course. America needs Saudi Arabia in the fight of against terrorism. America needs Saudi Arabia to help contain Iran. America needs Saudi Arabia in, in investment and purchase that create jobs. Let us focus on what is important. Last week, on the 35th anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Marine in Beirut, President Donald Trump signed a new sanction targeting Iran proxy Hezbollah. President Trump referred to them as the highest sanction ever imposed on Hezbollah. Too little, too late even. I have to wonder why economic sanctions are the go-to mechanism to punish countries that do not fall in line. They rarely work. Yes, 
they have been quoted as bringing North Korea to the table. However, sanction, sanctioning Iran has not changed its aggressive behavior toward the neighbors, just the opposite. Tehran is more focal than ever in its support of terrorism and the hostility of the West. The U.S. Foreign Ministry tweeted that since the Iranian Revolution in 1979, Iran has led terrorists against assassination in more than 20 countries worldwide. Two years ago, stood before you and appealed to you to act against the biggest threat facing our world. Then, as now, I address the lack of action taken by the U.S. and putting the stop to terrorism's biggest sponsor, Iran. I ask why nothing has been done to curb the destructive activities of Tehran Revolutionary Guard, Shiite militia, and Hezbollah that occupied beautiful Lebanon and is partnering with the Syria, partnering with the Syria pusher. In the time of President Saddam Hussein, Iraq stood a shield of the world against the evil of Ayatollah. American invasion of the cradle of civilization based on the false intelligence week in Baghdad gave Iran free hand and defueled the rise of Hezbollah. Today, Iran poses an increasing threat to the whole world, not only to the Middle East. Over the past decade, America has had two presidents with very different foreign policies on the range of the issues. Yet, when it comes to dealing with the threat posed by Iran, nothing changed. President Obama was soft on Iran. President Trump talks a good talk, but hesitate to walk in meaningful fashion. President Donald Trump criticized Iran corrupt dictatorship. Last month on the United Nations General Assembly, his administration issued a new economic section against Iran and Hezbollah earlier this month. But these steps are not sufficient. They will not hurt Russia. They will not hurt. Russia and China and Europe are not on board. We need real action. Please do not imagine I am calling for war. Far from it. We have nothing against the Iranian people. Iranians are good people. We have traded and socialized with them. We have welcomed them in our country. They are a poor and pe poor people and oppressed people with a little freedom. They live in fear. They should be empowered by all means to write their own future. As for the Iranian regime, support of terrorism, it can be stopped by eliminating its global terrorist arm, Hezbollah, and also by empowering the Iranian minorities who are, who are abused and crushed by the Revolutionary Guard in in particular, the occupied uh, the Arab Ahwazi people living extreme poverty 
and stripped of their basic human rights and freely practice their own religion. Uh, their religion. Hezbollah criminal activities have spread out from Lebanon to Iraq, Syria, Yemen, South America, and elsewhere, even in the United States. It is, it is leaders hidden, hidden out is no secret given, uh, no secret anymore. Given Western intelligent capability, Israel can pinpoint their whereabouts. What are you or us waiting for? The patient with which Iran is dealt would surprise me. Why are why are the United States and it is Western allies so patient with Iran? Do they hope that Iran is the prodigal son of the son who will one day return to the West armed and rebelled? That is a pipe dream. Iran difference, Iran defiance of the United States and civilized world will never cease. It is time the world to take real action to terminate this threat to the peaceful future of our children, once and, and for all. I don't want to continue a lot. You know, maybe I'm giving you a headache. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We'd like to welcome Judith Miller up to the podium. Judith is a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist, and they're going to have a conversation. Greetings, everyone, and happy Halloween. <laughs> An appropriate holiday, given the scary nature of Washington these days and much of the country. Uh, we are about to have an election, as you know, uh, Dr. al uh, We are delighted to have you here, and your excellencies, fellow students and experts of the Middle East and on the Middle East. I was uh, a little... Uh, both concerned and relieved by your remarks, uh, because uh, up until today and your speech, uh, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi has not been mentioned, uh, in addition to the long-standing ties between Saudi Arabia and the United States, the Gulf and the United States. Uh, a common concern about human rights, uh, the rights that are violated by the Iranian regime and other regimes in the area also figures as a common concern for our alliance. Uh, I wondered what, uh, if it's very clear to me that what has been said so far by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, by the government of Saudi Arabia, has not alleviated concerns about the fate of Jamal Khashoggi, about what happened to him and who gave the orders, and most importantly, as the Washington Post pointed out today, where his body is so that it can be returned uh, to his relatives and family. Would you call uh, for an international neutral investigation of this matter beyond the investigation which has already been proposed, which does not seem to alleviate the concerns of so many people who want justice for him and his family? Thank you. 
I will put uh, like an, a question to your question as well, you know. I mean, I'm just wondering, I mean, uh, Jamal Khashoggi is a Saudi citizen, and in Saudi Arabia, they have courts, they have uh, judges, they have uh, fair, and especially uh, King Salman is the fairest person I've ever heard of, you know, and they will be transparent from Saudi Arabia. Why the world and why the media, international media, they are not concerned as what's happening of hundreds of Iranian, Iran is killing them every single day. Why in Al Ahwaz, which has been occupied from 1924, I think, by the Iranian, nobody in the media is not talking about them. I mean, there is a lot of happening in the world. Only one person, Khashoggi, which he is a Saudi citizen, definitely, um, everyone is against crime, everybody is against, and these people which pinpointed to them, the Saudi national, all of them Saudi national, they will be tried, and I assure you, sooner or later, soon, you will, you will find them in the TV, these people with the fair judge, uh, judgment. If, uh, presumably, uh, the people who have been blamed for his death have been interrogated already, presumably the Saudi government knows full well by this point where his body is. Uh, I think deflecting attention from this critical issue raises questions for the American business community here in the United States and in Europe and elsewhere about the safety of their own personnel if they choose to invest in Saudi Arabia, if an American resident and Saudi citizen can meet such a fate in a Saudi consulate in Turkey, an allied Muslim country, uh, how can uh, the business community feel safe in sending its own representatives into such a state? I think this question, you should raise it to President uh, uh, of Turkey. He knows where the body. Uh, he has uh, President Erdogan. He knows where the body. He, he, knows, he knows where it is. Where, uh, 100 percent, that's his country. And uh, the Saudi consulate in the land of Turkey and he knows where the body, but they cannot be disappeared in uh, two minutes or, or a day. But he will be, I think, the right person. President Erdogan can answer that. Mm -hmm. What do you think would be an appropriate punishment for people held responsible for the death of Jamal Khashoggi? In my opinion? Yes. Ex execution. Execution. The 100%. Mm -hmm. Execution. Anybody participate on the killing of any person not only Khashoggi, any person should be executed. And supposing Therefore, people can learn. They cannot go and kill people. Uh, supposing it, uh, it turns out it is determined by an investigation, uh, perhaps not a Saudi one, but by in an international uh, investigation or Turkish, that uh, the responsibility for this assassination and brutal murder goes higher up. What well, would be appropriate well uh, then? if it is approved by the, the court of Saudi Arabia and the judges of Arabia, they will be the equal, everybody equal to uh, in front of God on the, the, the constitution of uh, Islam. Can you imagine such a thing happening in the UAE, in your country? 
And my country, if it happened like this, I, I, mean, I, I cannot answer that because it never happened and it will never happen. Well, perhaps that's why the world is but so unsettled happened, by this assassination. Happened, uh, they will have a, a punishment. Mm -hmm. They will be also uh, execution. I want to probe a little deeper into what you see as the realistic uh, alternatives for the policy which President Trump has proposed. Uh, were you in favor of the scrapping of the JCPOA, the Iranian nuclear deal? Do you think it has contributed to the uh, stability of the Middle East, or do you think it was a mistake? I, th I think, in my opinion, God gifted us a brain. We have to use it. And this gift, you know, we have to weigh what is more interest to us, a death of one person or the benefit of the, uh, the American. This is, we have to weigh it in this way, in my opinion. I mean, you cannot, I mean, uh, if somebody has been executed and the murderer, I mean, the people who did that for him, they are criminals. They are really criminals. And they, have, they will take, uh, definitely, I mean, as soon as the judgment is taken, the, all of them, they will be taken, I mean, uh, fitted, uh, Judgment. Uh, just shifting the conversation, however, to Iran, you spoke about, uh, you said real action. Uh, if, if not war, what do you perceive as real action that would contain alleged Iranian aggression and real Iranian aggression in your region? Well, I think this is what I, I wrote so many articles of supporting the minority, training them, giving them arms. Who should do that, sir? Uh, all of us, not only America, the Arabs and Americans, and else we have to support them to rescue the Iranian, to rescue the people of Iran. I mean, we live with them for, since a long time, years and years and years. We have a great relationship with them. We have good business with them. And I mean, what's happening to them now every day? I mean, it is corrupted country, corrupted government, corrupted uh, Ayatollah what they call him, you know, and uh, nothing except uh, doing that, you know. Definitely I'm against war, against war, against war, I'm against that 100%. But you're not against destabilizing the, con the Def regime of Iran? Definitely have to move, they have to go. We De want to live, we want to, to be stabilized, we want to relax. We, ha we are not comfortable living border by border with them. Do you think the effort to contain Iran has been hurt by the tension between uh, several members of the Gulf Cooperation Council and uh, with respect to uh, how to handle Iran and the boycott of Qatar? Has that enabled the GCC to play a meaningful role in containing Iranian aggression, or does that get in the way of containing Iran? Iran aggression is continuing. You know, whatever sanction we are doing, whatever uh, the American sanction, they are continuing. I mean, they are sp spreading their poison everywhere with their arm, which is Hezbollah, you know, which is the most dangerous, stronger than any country these days, you know, highly qualified, highly trained, and they are very dangerous. Um, we are, you know, we are protecting our border. I mean, we are taking our, we are, I mean, our country, I'm talking about United Arab Emirates, it is secured 100%, safe, I mean, and uh, 
But we care about everywhere. We care about everywhere to get rid of this uh, cancer, and we have to get rid of it sooner or later. Would it not help to have Qatar involved in that fight rather than isolated and boycotted? <laughs> I don't want to talk about Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> because every that. day I get comments to Qatar <laughs> talking very bad about me. <laughs> uh, how uh, serious uh, a threat do you think the instability in Yemen is to the region, and what would you like to see occur with respect to that ongoing civil conflict and the internationalization of it? You know, we. We are in the Arabian Gulf asking of always peace and negotiation. We prefer negotiation. We want to sit on a table and negotiate. But the problem, you know, our, our uh, 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 I mean, our uh, governments asking that and looking for that, but no response from the other party, which is the Iranian. Mm -hmm. And uh, they don't want, otherwise I think, you know, I'm not a government official, but you know, I'm a member of my country and member of the Arabian Gulf uh, population, and therefore, definitely, we need peace. We want negotiation. We want to solve this problem rather than war. We are against war. We are. We hate war. We know what the war is doing. You know, to everywhere in the world. We want negotiation. We want to solve the problem. And believe me, we need to do that, and we will help them. I mean, we are pouring billions and billions of dollars. To, to, to let the people of Yemen to survive. I mean, our uh, Red Crescent, Saudi Arabia, and else, we are hundreds of billions we are putting there. I mean, enough. We are doing a lot of we are building for the infrastructure, and we are the people of human rights. We are the people of human rights, and we take care of everybody, rather than always talking about human rights elsewhere. Uh, this morning, another threat to peace and stability was discussed here at this conference, and that is the ongoing Arab-Israeli-Palestinian-Israeli uh, conflict. Are you more optimistic, uh, given the change of administrations and the presidency of uh, Donald Trump, are you more or less optimistic that such a peace uh, between Palestinians and Israelis is possible? Well, we're trying since a very long time. My, all the Arab countries, and especially the Gulf, Arabian Gulf countries, they are spending billions to assist our friend and our brother and sister, the Palestinian. And this is not, uh, I mean, we are trying to help as much as we can, and we are doing that, and we are continuing in our capacity as individual and as governments. We are continuing that. Definitely, we need Palestinian independent state. That is our, our, our dream, and we need it sooner or later. And I wrote so many articles about that, and I spoke with a lot of Israeli Jewish in Europe. I met them, and we discussed that. And they are. But you need the proper people to negotiate, and they mean it. If negotiation is an art, art. Not put a gun in my head and you negotiate. And I think, I, I know Prime Minister Netanyahu is a tough guy. He doesn't accept that, but he must accept it, and I think now soften and he will negotiate and accept the state of Palestine, and that is very important. As far relationship, you know, we don't want to create a problem. We ask about a relationship with Israel 
I remember on that time when King Abdullah was crown prince, uh, crown, uh, yeah, crown prince, of, I'm right, in, in uh, Lebanon. And he asked on that uh, meeting of the Arab League that we want to see peace. Israeli never shake a hand. He doesn't want. We ask, we want to shake hand with you, come on. And, you know, other, I mean, definitely I am with the peace, I am with the negotiation personally, and a lot of us in the Arab world. Forget about few talking, we don't accept this, accept that. That's something they will think about and they will accept at the end of the day. Uh, finally, because our time is limited here, uh, Apart from doing more to contain Iran, which you have recommended, what other advice would you give to President Trump about bringing a greater degree of peace and stability to the region? What policies would you like to see enacted uh, under his administration? Iran, to me, is a fragile. The most powerful is Hezbollah. Hezbollah, if they don't dismantle it and they know where they are hidden, they know where Hassan Nasrallah is hiding, where everybody, and they know where the location of their armed military. If the American and the Israelis and the European serious, they can dismantle that and destroy it forever to, to rescue the Lebanese. Lebanese now becoming as prisoners. They are prisoners in their country. They cannot move. I mean, how do you accept terrorists a member of government. I mean, now they are, uh, I mean, uh, in Lebanon, they are forming a government. And three or four members from Hezbollah, which they are on the terrorist list, they are ministers. I mean, this is what I cannot understand. And I cannot understand even our government, how do they accept their ambassador in our country? We should not accept it. To put terrorist, uh, what do you call it, uh, member of government. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Habtour. We are delighted to have heard your remarks, and thank you all for attending this gathering.